Welcome to AFL Tonight, ArenaFan.com's weekly look at everything arena football. I am Tim Capper, uh, along with my other two co-hosts who have been missing, missing so long that I think they are on some milk cartons, but now I found them. John Stark. We're back! And Ben Fraternale. Ooh-wee. How are you guys? Oh my gosh, uh, the boys are back. The the bad boys of AFL podcasting are back in the saddle, riding toward the sunset. It's absolutely phenomenal to be back. Wait, no, no, no. We're not riding towards the sunset. That's the end We're of the riding season. toward the sunset. Tim, this is the end for us. We're riding toward the sunset. <laughs> we survived this season. I'd be shocked. Hey, hey. It is, it is like it's evening, nighttime, so. Okay. Right. I mean, it's AFL tonight, so yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it is the 2019 season premiere of AFL tonight. Uh, there has been, oh my God. I don't know if last season, last season's off season was worse than this. I mean, there's just, it was, a, we had to wait a lot longer last year because of the, with, with the CBA and stuff guys. But this year, holy geez. Um, <laughs> there's just a lot to talk about. Hey, eh? I mean, it's a, hey, at least we have a season. We got more teams. We got. Yeah, but you know, before we get to it, I have to ask, what do you guys do Guys, do during the off-season? Anything memorable? Anything that you uh, Tim, I can't even remember. on the podcast? I can't even remember yesterday. <laughs> I mean, my gosh, I've just been raging. I've been on an absolute bender, just waiting for this season to sober me up. Um, because life without arena football is not really life at all, is it? No, no, it's not. I'm I think football you. in general, yes. I think football in general, I agree with you guys. It's... Uh, off season for the AFL is just so quiet. And that's I think yeah. that's what's so frustrating. It is, but uh, I guess it's the new norm. It's the new norm. So, uh, John, you anything that you can you, you did good during the off season? He's been on a bender with me. <laughs> I have, I have. I think uh, hmm, very memorable moment in the off season was going to medieval times. <gasps> oh, cool. You eat the chicken off the bone? Oh yeah. The whole, the whole thigh and breast, it was all connected. Oh, yeah. nice. Did you eat the bone? Not this time. You swallow it, it stick out sideways on both sides of the throat? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> the Simpsons episode, what the hell? Sounds like it. Oh, man. Uh, okay, uh, me, did I do anything memorable? <laughs> yeah, sorry, Tim, did you do anything memorable in this offseason? Um, no. Okay, <laughs> Just okay. to be honest. Well, no, I did not. At least, at least nothing AFO related. I think. I mean, it's. I did other. I did other stuff CFO related and whatnot. But I mean, no. Other than that, no, not really. You uh, object to speaking of the CFL Commissioner Bo's assertion that the AFL is the second longest running football league. He would probably say that because it's, you know, if he would, well, if he were to go North America, no. But if he were to go the U.S., then yes. I never mm-hmm. argue. Actually, it's funny. I never argue with that type of stuff. A fair concession from someone who. Seems to be thrusting the CFL rightfully toward any conversation. With it. <laughs> hey, they all You're tied there. Hey, dude, it's funny. I mean, hey, look, look at, uh, and we'll get up, get to it in a couple of minutes. But look at Atlantic City's head coach. He has a he has an AF, an AFL tie. So yep, yep. <laughs> new year, C- new Tim. Love it. CFL tie. So 
Um, let's get to it, guys. I mean, we got a lot, we got a lot to talk about, especially with the scheduling released today and the new rules. And yeah, I think we're going to have a have a couple of rants when it comes to that type of thing, talking about that tonight. But uh, first and foremost, the the league introduced their brand new logo. It's a new lo- first logo since 2002. Um, since you know they've gone away from the shield look, and they have given us a what? Uh, they talked about gaming. They've talked about. I don't know where this look goes. You know, everybody talks about. Oh, look, it's a uh, it, the football's eating the letter A in the logo. Well, the football's hungry, Tim. And it, and yes. can it's, you really blame for, it? It's hungry for football. Yes, it is very hungry. Yes. Um, as you know, I, I think the last logo that the AFL had, the most recent logo, was the one thing I think, amazingly, after all these years, that really survived in terms of quality. Yeah. Um, it aged very well. It it just looks like a very professional yeah. logo. It's yeah. a it's a great face for the league, and so I was kind of surprised they changed it. And it's something you grew up on as being an AFL, right? Player, right. I mean, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that was very much. I mean, the old logo I I had a little bit, but th- but this was very much the modern AFL to me was this past logo, right? And I I mean, as someone I work at a design company, I'm I'm. I'm in the mix in terms of the design world. And so I, I get what they're going for with this logo. Um, and it's almost very monumentalized. It, it seems like it fits very well within the aesthetic of the monumental sports universe, okay. content universe, which yeah. is essentially what the entire league is at this point. Um, not that that's a bad thing, which we'll get to later. But um, I don't know. I mean, it's okay. Uh, my big complaint, and I've I've been shouting this around as you guys know is that i don't know what the shield version of this logo is which i think is insane that we still don't know that like what is going on the collar of these jerseys it's not a horizontal logo people don't put that on collars there's always going to be a shield and we haven't seen one so that's my only complaint i guess overall i love the the letter a i mean it's keeping some of the tradition yes it's true and 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 to be fair though and to be honest if you look at the the collar logos for other indoor leagues and stuff like that i mean the ifl has a an eagle you know yeah yeah so it's it's different and i agree with you i've reached out to um i reached out to the empire trying to find out what it was but i guess it was too early in the process Right. To find out what it is, so if we have, if we can get contacts to, if any of the equipment guys are listening, shoot us a shoot us a line, and we'll we're curious to know. And John, if you're I mean, hearing I, this transmission, please reach yes. out to us. Now, John, I know you haven't been following the AFL as long. You really didn't go through the OG logo and stuff like that. So really, the shield was your OG logo. But what what was your what was your thought when you when the logo was released by the league? Well, I just let you guys rant on between each other for quite some time. <laughs> but yeah, so like you said, as someone who got into the league probably four years ago and then on on the media side about two and a half years ago, uh, I didn't have the exposure to the really OG logo. But I felt like the update, it, it felt like we're stepping like from myspace into snapchat or facebook like they really updated to fit the current social media scheme that we see on the internet with all the social media providers and this fits really well with that that style of logo in my opinion while still you know uh, a little tip of the hat back to like ben said the a Mm -hmm. for the uh original logo there that yeah that's yeah i will admit they're taking the a uh, making reference to the to the shield logo, a it was, it, I loved it. Yeah, I, I yeah, see. It was saying. Chef's kiss. 
Yeah, and it's it's just I, I it's I guess it's something new that we have to get used to. Whenever your team changes a logo, especially in sports, it's just something that you have to get used to as a fan, especially if you if your team rebrands, which I've had the you know the opportunity of I guess they both my favorite leagues did a rebranding of some sort this past year, so football leagues. So uh, again, we'll get something that we'll get used to. Um, I'm curious to know how they're going to use it. I mean, they did show, uh, you know, one version with just the A and the ball, the, the other versions that have the Arena Football League on it and the other one doesn't, uh, with or without the outline, uh, just the ball. I, I'm, I'm curious to know where they're going to go, and it's, it is very, um, it is very video game-ish, mm-hmm. in my opinion, and... It, you know, Ben, do I dare say it's more Kurt Warner's arena football rather than <laughs> uh, rather than the road to glory, the road to glory version? Yeah, I would I would say so. So and uh, John, are you just saying what the what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for the most part. <laughs> He's honest. You know, although I, John did mention uh, the social media uh, reference that he made and I, I think it is very much worth mentioning that the league's social media whoever is running it right now yeah. is obviously someone completely new or someone within the monumental organization and it is very noticeable it's a huge improvement so I've complained a lot about that in the past so I just want to get that out there the league's doing a great job on social media um, I finally feel like we're in the current year that we're in with <laughs> right I'm, I'm with you we're in 2019 yeah <laughs> That's yes, yeah. Uh, they do have a new uh, media director this year, uh, so uh, if she is a part of what's going on, yeah, I I, I agree with you guys. I like where it's going. Yes, so. it's on fleek. Yeah, oh yeah, as the as the kids would say. Yeet yeet yeet. <laughs> yeah. Yeet. So uh, from there, we waited quite a while. Uh, it's <laughs> funny, by the way. It's it's twenty nineteen. We still haven't had a a, a look see at the. Uh, at the CBA yet, but that's that's for another time, another show. Uh, but we had expansion news, um, cities, what could have been. I mean, there's there were just rumors, as usual, guys. There were just rumors galore. It's so much fun. Yeah, <laughs> it, but well, speculation can be cool, but then again, I'm sure I'm sure you you, you get tired of seeing. I've spoken with sources who say or a very close source inside the situation, or you know somebody who's close. It's like <laughs> shut up. It's like shut up, you know. I, it's somebody. It's somebody you trust. Tim, how do you feel about that? What? Tell us how you really feel. Yeah. About <laughs> Other than just shut up, yeah. <laughs> because you know we're we're lucky enough to be able to know uh, know a few people that we can get a straight answer, and it doesn't necessarily mean that we're always going to put the information out there because we don't want to um, to basically screw over our source. So. Um, but expand. I mean, it, we talked. What was? What were the cities, guys, that were talked about besides the, the final two that we ended up with? Atlantic City, Detroit, Columbus. Yeah, Detroit. Yeah, Detroit, yeah, Detroit. popped up uh, at one point. Orlando, and that's a whole other situation. Yeah. Um, Tampa Bay again was brought up. I mean, uh, Cleveland, but those those are ones that were already technically on the back burner. Right. Um, but. I thought- I thought we even heard maybe a, a New York or a New Jersey at one oh, point. Oh, right. Newark. Yeah, yeah, Newark. Yeah, yeah, Newark or Long Island. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's yeah, true. But we ended up 
finally finding out that it is going to be Atlantic City. They're going to be playing out of uh, Boardwalk Hall. And it's going to be, as we found out the other day, Columbus. Columbus is returning to the Arena Football League for the first time since 2008. Um, what's your, and we'll get to the coaching situation too with, uh, with uh, these two teams in a minute. But uh, John, any, I, now mind you, I know where you're living. Uh, these, <laughs> at least one of these two teams, it's, it's, it's a hop, basically a hop and a sk- skip and a jump t- where you can travel to. A little bit farther for, for Ben and myself, but I know we'll, we'll have no problem doing it, but. When you heard Atlantic City at first, knowing that there was only a one, basically one game history in the Arena League uh, for this city, what was your thought when you heard Atlantic City was getting the team? I was excited, and I know that's something I would say often, but I actually have <laughs> I have reason to be this time because uh, we saw great growth last year in the league, as even Commissioner Bo was talking about on the State of the Empire podcast, and. I have a lot of faith in the management uh, up top now and going forward. I think it's a great location. It's on the shore. It's within a good geographical location for a majority of the teams in the league. Uh, I think, Tim, you said like almost every team's now within 500 miles of each other. I think it was Ben. I think it was Ben who said that. But yeah, you're right. Oh, Ben's calculations, yes. but, but my, well, my comment was it, Philly's going to be saving a ton of money because they're just going to be able to bust Atlantic City. That's right. That's only about a one and a half, two hour bus ride. So it's, I mean, Ben, what about you? I mean, we knew about Philly. They played, you know, Philadelphia and uh, Las Vegas played uh, in the uh, Rock and Roll Bowl or whatever, whatever, what the hell, whatever the hell it was called. Oh, yeah. 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 Between these two. Between, Rocks versus Jocks. Yeah, so, was it that? Is that what it was? I think so. Yeah. yeah. What what was your thought when you heard Atlantic City? Um, you know, this is just a very selfish thing what I'm about to say, but I, they basically put another team in this exact radius around me that I can't get anyone to come slightly closer than two hours. Mm. Um, yeah. It's like, you know, the tri-state area and, and the surrounding region is getting filled out with teams, which is amazing. I mean, I didn't think back when the AFL was rebooting in 2010 that I would end up being so close to so many teams. So I am thankful for that. Um, but still it's like, come on, could you get it a little closer? Atlantic city is just, uh, it's even further than Philly for me. Um, and I'm in, you know, the New York city area. Yeah. So, I mean, well, same actually for me. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited. I think it's an unusual spot. It's definitely in line with the AFL's current brand initiative to hashtag bet on us. And we'll see if that, you know, works out. But as a local attraction, which is what I've been saying for a while, it's like the AFL needs to develop, this concept of being a local attraction. Otherwise, as a enterprise, it's not going to work because, you know, you can't just put a bunch of teams in big cities and say, okay, now we're a national brand. You need to actually do like what Albany's doing and drum up local support. You know, it's all about the individual cities. So I think something that works about Atlantic City is that it's just a bustling place that is a very contained world that could definitely just funnel people to games. And that, you know, on its own is is potentially a good sign. So that plus it's in line with the league's branding. I think this just makes sense. I, I look at the city and obviously we, we are having to also throw in the, the betting aspect that the league is trying to do, especially with the uh, Atlantic city and having uh, open betting and stuff like that. And I know commissioner Bo mentioned that on the, on the state of the empire pod also. Um, it's, 
You know, it's funny. It's, to look at the arena, too, the arena seems to have a little bit more charm than, uh, Royal, uh, than Royal Farms, even though I think it's – is it – Wait, is Tim, it, that's not possible. Is it older? Yeah, well, is it old? They, they, I've never Baltimore been. is Charm City, Tim. Okay, that wow. is not possible. That is simply <laughs> impossible, Tim. Stand down, Tim. <laughs> uh, but as I said, it, it, it stayed within what they're trying to do within their – they're being able to be a fan-friendly, drivable league. If you think about it, I mean, you're a Philly fan. You'll be able to go to Atlantic City and to watch a game. And so it just seems that they're sticking within that, you know, what they're trying to do. That uh, league, League-wide pass. Yeah, 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 the league uh, pass. Yeah. Type of thing. yeah, I agree. Um, but then, <laughs> then we, we get the most Western city. That's so funny to say the most Western city since Cleveland. Um, <laughs> we, we find out Columbus is coming back and this, this was late. Columbus was announced late. I mean, very oh. late. Um, but from what we've seen from the reaction to fans on social media, uh, from fans who have rejoined or, or come home, so to speak to the arena fan message boards, uh, it's, it seems that these, these fans are genuinely happy to have this team back. And especially if the branding goes the way that we think it's going to go with calling them the destroyers, you have a lot of fans are like, this is even better than I expected. Now, d- uh, does Columbus work for you, Ben? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a great idea, especially if they are trying to recruit Cleveland back, obviously. I have no idea if that's actually going to happen. And now I'm sort of wondering it might not, unless the league I mean, first of all, Instant there's rivalry. a few things to talk about here. First of all, if they are going to go to Detroit, that is a base where you could start generating, you know, teams in that area. And yeah. I think if the AFL is going to start expanding into this national concept, that is not a bad idea. Secondly, I think it's really interesting that the the league owns this team. And as Commissioner Bo was saying, that's a new strategy, a new business model that they're approaching. And he actually said that the league owns Atlantic City and Columbus, even I, though I, I, I don't think that I will talk about that. I'll talk more about that, but continue. Yeah, Sorry. no, I just I mean, I'm not sure what he meant by that exactly. But I think it's interesting, the concept that the league can now, if this is their new strategy, can look at cities that just make sense for their map and say, OK, and, and possibly for passing off ownership to. Uh, interested local buyers and things like that. Yeah, yeah, and, and just place them around. I mean, that, it's it's a great idea. If the league is is now thinking we're a hundred percent a single entity, then it makes sense. So I think Columbus is an interesting first step in that overall new strategy. If they're able to draw though as many people as they did when they were in their league originally, holy crap, guys! Yeah, they're they're gonna they're gonna they're going to rival Albany when it comes to loud and ruckus crowds. So it's. They start drawing fourteen thousand a game like they used to. I never got to go to a game back there originally for for the Destroyers. So it's now, John. I mean, do, does Columbus make sense to you? I think Columbus does make sense. So uh, we saw earlier this week, and then I uh, Dominic Jones is going to mm-hmm. be ops for Columbus, and on his Instagram, it still says that he's part of the Cleveland Gladiators organization. So he hasn't removed that. And his Instagram is updated. So I think it works for me because I do feel that they're still planning on bringing Cleveland back. And it helps a westward expansion. It even possibly puts in the possibility of 
putting in Pittsburgh. Wow, that's a tongue twister. Um, <laughs> to add in Pittsburgh, and you have those three major cities in that, like, it's almost like a triangle on major highways. It, it, well, it sticks with their with their their core, what they're trying to do. Fan friendly right. rivalry. I mean, if Cleveland comes back, it's an instant rival. Instant rival. A, a, instant. Right. A, absolutely. So it's. And if they come back, I mean, look at our our little division here um, from back in the day. The the idea that we could have Cleveland, Columbus, Philly, mm-hmm. and then Albany for back in the day. That's that's the East Division. Yeah. Without the New York Dragons, so I'm working on the latter. I've got okay. a fan club going. It's going to be huge. Okay. <laughs> great. 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 <laughs> what um you brought it up before, Ben? What uh, you were mentioning that as, as Commissioner Bo mentioned that he stated that. The Arena Football League was actually running the two te- two new teams uh, with "quote unquote" the help from uh, from the two new from the two other groups from Trifecta and from um, MSC. Monumental. Um, I, I I've reached around and if, if Commissioner, if you, you can reached give us, around, if, yeah, if okay. can, Commissioner, if you can give us some clar- clarification. Uh, on this, it'd be greatly appreciated because uh, I am under the impression that Trifecta, uh, which owns Albany and owns Philadelphia, is 100% the owner of Atlantic City. They fall completely under the Trifecta banner. Can't now, Atlantic uh, for Columbus? Okay. I have another theory about that uh, for Columbus, but it's uh, it kind of makes sense. But you know what's funny, guys, is We've gone through so many different league-owned teams, but this just seems at, different. Compared, I agree. Compared to uh, uh, Las Vegas, Las Vegas <laughs> Chicago, Chicago um, New Orleans. I mean, you, 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 Portland. You, yeah, Port. Yeah, Portland. Thank you. Yeah, you, you name it. Uh, why? Why is this so different compared to other years? I've not seen really anybody complain really profusely that the Arena Football League owns Columbus. Yeah, I think that um, it's 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 a fascinating new concept, which is that the AFL has been sort of warming us up to the idea that this is Monumental's operation right. for the last two years. Right. And so I think we're all sort of comfortable with that idea at this point. And I don't think anyone thinks that it, that it's really a bad thing. I mean, this venerable organization is running the Arena Football League. It's more stability than we've had in quite some time. Mm-hmm. So I think we're all kind of thankful for that. So now when you hear Monumental essentially with the help of two other solid groups are bedrock building these these new organizations you know to me it's only a positive i think everyone's sort of you know they're not going to throw shade at that because it just feels like hey it's stability you know whether or not they eventually sell the team whether or not they move it or whatever the league is now putting its own pieces down on the board right. instead of looking for gambles which was what the afl did for so long which was just like hand the keys to a rock star and see what happens yeah, this time it's actually an a, a great organization that understands what they're doing in terms of pro sports and you know and operating a clean set of teams and we know that has money <laughs> for sure. exactly for that we know sure. has money for sure right. and they're successful organizations that's true too yeah, yeah. that's true now I I had a thought and and this goes to the and, and I said this may be just a conspiracy theory on my part just a total thought I like th- this already th- th- that came about now there were there had been talk about what the city could have been and I I had put out a, a sort of a feeler 
um, on the boards stating that, you know, what about the possibility of a team coming from a city coming from another league? Um, I was almost certain that Carolina was the Carolina region was going to get a team. And this is where my my I guess my guess comes in and is that I, I was thinking that Columbus came in so late. I, I wonder if uh, another team backed out at the last moment or another ownership group backed out for 2019. And to make sure that the league ran how they wanted to in 2019, they had to come up with Columbus. They had to come up with another city. So they didn't go the normal route with the Blue Jackets owning the team or whoever owns it. The Blue Jackets own the arena too. Um, but that, that was my thought. I, I think, I think I'm glad Columbus is back, but I don't think Columbus was the first choice for 2019. Yeah. I don't think Columbus was a planned baby. Um, no, and I, I think, I think based on the timing of everything, you gotta be right. I mean, I think you're 99% definitely right. Just based on the situation, Mm -hmm. if Columbus was a planned concept of a league owned team, why wouldn't it have happened five months ago? It just, it, you know, the, the timing of this means that there was definitely something, maybe even Columbus ownership that just couldn't get their signature on the dotted line in time. And they knew we got to do this. Mm-hmm. We can't do another five team season. It just, it can't happen. No, no, I, I honestly think it was, it was another city that backed up. Yeah. I think it was another city, but, but you know, it's here and over there. I say it, I mean, it's just pure speculation, but Seems like you actually agree with me quite a bit on that one, Ben. So oh yeah, for sure. Um, the frat likes that. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's now. But the thing is, Columbus is fine. I'm fine with Columbus. Now, speaking of the Columbus and Atlantic City, uh, first of all, Atlantic City. What were, what were your thoughts, guys, on the the names that they had put out there for the choices for the for the Atlantic City franchise, where the voting fan voting ended last Friday? John, you want to take a swing at this? I'm curious what you think. I know I got my ideas, but I still am totally undecided and I haven't even I had not once voted. Really? Yes, because I could not pick. Oh my and, gosh. Well, it's the serious. process so we've been serious. given as Americans, John. You could vote and once you're throwing a, you it away. Vote once a day. Or at least I could have voted for them all. I, I could not pick. I know. Or at least all right, well my my opinion about the names is that but by far the best name choice to me is the Blackjacks, and I've I've vocalized that previously because I can just see the branding. It's like immediately. Ju- I mean, gamblers too. You can kind of see where they would go with this. Uh-huh. But Blackjacks is such a cool concept. It actually reminded me of the Red Blacks, Tim, and the idea of of taking this in this blackjack case, an object, a concept that's not been applied to sports and pluralizing it. And suddenly it sounds like a team name and it sounds like a cool team name. And something I said in the message boards, I was just thinking ahead. Like if they go with the blackjacks with the 20 man roster, you know, fans are 21. You got the 21 iconography. Okay. Okay. You could do so much with two cards. I mean, it's That's, that's so, yeah, that's true. It's just a fun concept. And so I hope they go with that. I hope they don't go with Royals. And oh, God, I, I saw that. I was like, now. oh, God, no. Jim, take it from me. Now, I, I hated Royals, too. A lot of them were interesting. Some of them I really didn't feel fit the team properly. Um, Blackjacks was unique. I, I loved Gamblers. And maybe it's because I, I liked how the, how the, the Gamblers um, imagery and icons and stuff like that worked for the Houston Gamblers right. of the old USFL. So I, that was really my choice. 
But uh, my, I said, I hated Royals. That's not a football yeah. team name, man. That's a baseball team. Preach. You know, and that boils my blood. I mean, but I know. I just the no think making it makes me think of Kansas City. Yeah, and. That and I don't want to think, think about Kansas City. No, I don't, because that makes me think back to 2014, and I was at the ALDS. I was at the ALCS. I oh, no. saw that happen. You're so, triggered. yeah, I, I'm heated. Uh-oh. <laughs> Pull back. So we'll we'll find out. Uh, I'm sure within the next little while, at least according to what Commissioner Bo said today, too, uh, on the uh, on the Empire uh, State of the Empire pod. Um We'll find out soon about the name for Atlantic City. I, I, again, sure, same thing. We'll find out very shortly if uh, the Destroyers will be uh, reborn. Um, but so stay tuned to social media. Uh, now, other than coaching, now what I'm going to ask is, is uh, I'll ask you about what you guys think about um, what you think about Columbus. But I can honestly say that the coaching staff that they put together for Atlantic City is probably one of the most phenomenal I have heard in a long time. Just the names and the history and the experience that Atlantic City has is just mind-blowing. And I would not be surprised if they, if they if getting the players stuff like that that they need, that coach Ron James can make this a winner just like Albany was in their first year last year. I mean... I'm with you. I mean, what, Sergio Gilliam... Uh, Ron James, uh, Shane Stafford. That to me is that to me right there is a wild card in itself. If anybody remembers what Shane did for for the Valor, up you know the run uh, from week six on after you know after the changes were made, wild cards. I mean, John, do you think any team could have gotten a you know just basically handed them a better coaching staff? I don't think so, and it just makes me think back to. Uh, Tampa Bay Storm, Philadelphia Soul, Arena Bowl 30, and Ron James. And I just feel like it's going to be a wild card contender. I I wonder if Stafford maybe accepted this position before Atlantic City was announced because he would have been my first, or sorry, before Columbus was announced because uh, he would have been an obvious pick for a head coaching position. I think it's possible that the reason he picked, you know, AC was that it was an opportunity for him great coaching staff there were no other coaching availabilities um until columbus came around and now i wonder if he's like well damn i I would have been probably a first choice for head coach it's very possible it depends on how what coach wanted to do if if stafford wanted to continue in the current the position that he had with the valor or if he wanted to create the team himself from scratch now that leads us to the next question too is about columbus who is out there that you guys can think of that has a, a resume, an AFL resume that I'm sure that is as long as can be that would fit an expansion franchise properly. Can you name one guy that you'd be in favor of? I, I personally can't right now. It, it's, it's one of those things where obviously the league at one point was so robust. There were tons of coaches, many teams. Mm-hmm. And as it contracted, a lot of those people fell away from the league. Um, uh, sort of permanently. I mean, the the core group of coaches we have right now are coaches that have been around um, in this era of the league, and not a lot of new faces come funneling in. So at this point, we've weeded out so many people after all these franchises folded and moved, and and people moved on to other leagues or or out of football altogether. 
And at this point, it's amazing because there's only six teams. It's like the well is is dried up, which is it's hard to believe. I feel like I could think of one person that is out there who was an arena football coach last season. Can you guys make any guesses? Oh, God. Don't even say it. Is this about the lines of coke I've been doing? No, no. I think he said this. He, I think Ben John said that specifically. He said that that he said the the way that he did for the right reason. He didn't say coach. He said he, he didn't say head coach. He said coach. It's uh, a podcast, not trivia. Spit it out. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ben actually got it. Oh, it was Coach Coke. I don't know. There's exactly. no way. There's no. Yeah. Yeah. There's no. Way. There's no chance. No, I never even thought of him. Never even thought of it. I mean, well, I was I was thinking of available coaches, not like notable Matt names. Sock? Well, I was thinking I was thinking Matt Sock. Very possible. I mean, he last coached uh, with Portland, and yeah. then, he, then he coached in that uh, call your own league, call your own play league. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or the I mean, he's very yeah. regarded and well liked, so I could see that being a possibility. But it's true. I just, I'm trying to think of some of the other. I mean, Aaron Garcia, he's, he's been out for a bit, though. Yeah, but you know what, dude? I, I just think I have a feeling that AG is going to – I think AG is showing up in D.C. Really? I think he's going to be there. I'm not meaning this to speak in <laughs> to, to, in uh, in letters, but I think he's going to be the O.C. Yeah, I would hate to speak in letters. That would be devastating. <laughs> I would have to hate to use letters to form my words. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's interesting. I mean, you know, if if that's even possible, then then I could see that happening with Columbus. If if he's even interested, because the impression I get no, with no, no, I see him staying in DC. No, I said Aaron Garcia. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh no. Oh, all right. If they're not, I'm thinking. I'm thinking Davila. You're right. Sorry. Well, yeah. That was actually the next name I was going to bring up. Yeah. Right. It's right. Possible he could just make that jump. Yeah. And Tim, is that who you thought I was going to talk about? Or no, I, I yeah I didn't think you're I honestly didn't think you're gonna bring up Coke. There's no oh. I, I was like no way he's he's coming back in this league. There's no way. But there's no chance. There was no chance. But no, uh, I no I didn't think so. But I mean we'll find out soon enough because you know you know um, Columbus needs to get it going. <laughs> they need to start having their uh, I think they said they're having a a, a tryout coming up. Um, so. I, they need some people there just just besides yeah we have what 10 weeks yeah just besides their director of player personnel which i think it's very funny like who's their gm i <laughs> <laughs> don't know you know so uh, the league uh, well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That's, that's 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 acting right now acting at least yeah yeah that's that's, that's true that's that's very true hey guys just want to uh remind you and you guys know this already but i wanted to let everybody all of our fans know that this season we have a sponsor um it is one um uh, basically if you are into old school retro merch uh hats shirts some jerseys and some other uh, other pieces of uh of clothing um and you li- <laughs> stop a- and you like the afl you like the USFL, they, they got it all. If you head over to 503sports, that's at 503-sports.com, you can get a choice of, I said, not to mention of those other leagues, World Football League, but there's also a large choice of, of uh, OG and former arena football teams. And you're able to go there and uh, 
and get yourself uh, get yourself some merch. And because we've been able to uh, get them to join us for the podcast this year, they've been nice enough to go ahead and give all of our listeners a 10% discount on their first purchase. If you head over to 503-sports.com and use the discount code ARENAFAN, you'll get that percentage off on your first order. So head over to 503sports.com, take a peek, and let them know that, uh, that, uh, that we sent, them, sent you guys over there. If you've forgotten a Valentine's Day gift, <laughs> what would your wife like more than a Detroit Drive t-shirt? There you go. Do you get it in that baby blue color? Oh, yeah. By the way, the only thing I like, by the way, one of the few things is they came out with a, a Detroit Drive jersey. That rocks. Yeah, that's incredible. That I rocks. mean, I was marveling at the fact that they're able to produce jerseys, mm-hmm. um, you know, assuming all of these trademarks have expired and that's why they're on this website. Um, the uh, it, It's awesome. It looks like the, the quality is exceptional. Obviously, they have great T-shirts, but the jerseys, uh, hopefully they add more AFL jerseys because um, I'm loving what I'm seeing. Yeah, I am too. I am too. Uh, there you go. All right. So big news today. Something that we've been waiting for a while. Seem to be uh, seem to be coming out of a complaint, not only from us but from fans for for quite a while, wondering about the schedule. Well, we got a surprise today. Not only was it the schedule, it was also the rule changes that are going to be happening in 2019, and we're going to talk about that in a couple of minutes. But the schedule. Six teams. You thought it'd be pretty pretty straightforward, guys. It's uh, um, home and home usually with at least once with every team and playing some teams, obviously, a maximum of three times. Uh, I think I can say that this is probably one of the most uh, unbalanced schedules I've ever seen, especially with only six teams. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I mentioned to you guys earlier that, uh, what was it, that Baltimore doesn't come to Philly once yeah. this season? Uh, well, at least in the regular season. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's, yeah, like you're saying, it's a little unbalanced. I I... I I don't get that. I mean, I'm looking at some of them. Some of the it's just really weird on some of the things. Some teams actually don't go to other locations too this year. So it's, um, but just so if anybody hasn't seen, you can head over to arenafan.com and check out the the schedule page. The entire uh, the entire regular season has been put into the database. Um, it does start off on Friday, April 26th. That weekend, all six teams will be in action. Uh, a, a a rematch. Of the Arena Bowl, uh, same location. Washington's going to be playing at Baltimore. Atlantic City will be starting off uh, their very first season versus the Philadelphia Soul, and then Columbus will be traveling to play the Albany Empire. Any um, from, from looking at this, guys, any quirks that you've seen that you may have noticed besides, John, the one that you mentioned um, uh, within the schedule for this season or any other games that may stick out to you? Uh, I find it a little odd how they did the bye weeks in 11 and 12 where they stack week 11 with four buys and uh, week 12 with uh, just two. I wonder if they could have spread that out a little bit more over 11, 12, and 13 somehow or if there were scheduling conflicts. Makes me wonder too, though, if they're going to try something big that day, that week. Ooh. I mean, it's been talked about before about maybe they'll they'll do something. I mean, uh, but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Ben, was there anything else that uh, besides what John mentioned that uh, 
that stuck out when you saw this game? Uh, well, not really. I mean, I guess, you know, you throw six teams in a blender and you expect a pretty even thing to print out the other side, which is what bre- blenders do. They print. And um, I think the Baltimore uh. not going to Philly thing <laughs> was the weirdest, weirdest point, And I don't know what to make of that. I, I was saying as a joke um, privately in a private conversation we were having that wasn't meant to go public, but I'm revealing it now <laughs> that I was wondering, you know, if if Philly was maybe concerned about how many times Baltimore has played in Philly the last two years, because, you know, I've been shooting a lot of these games and, you know, I'll yeah. have five game films, which is Baltimore at Philly thinking, what the hell is going on? I mean, why am I? What film am I looking at? Yeah, what am I looking at? Which footage is this from? I mean, I I heard fans say so many times, like, oh my God, Baltimore again? Like, you know, where people can't even differentiate between two games. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's just an attempt to wash that taste away and try to start from scratch so that in 2020 when Baltimore comes to town, it's more hype. <laughs> That's going to be exciting. I'll tell you, the 2020 matchup is going to be huge. Now I'm already planning my road trip. Oh, yeah. Now, I can say that um, Columbus actually does not start at home, uh, does not have a home game until week four. And that's that's, uh, that's a good point. That, I mean, that, I, that I, you know, we assume Columbus maybe needed some uh, wiggle room, a little bit more time. You know, to put the banners up. And Baltimore you know. has uh, four out of the five first weeks at home. That's true. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, there, no, no, but... no, no, no. No, you're actually you're actually right on that. Um, we have the 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 one the, the one um, uh, orphan one th- Thursday orphan game this year. Um, again, I don't don't know why, but that's something. <laughs> that's probably during a possibility of playoffs for the Capitals. Is that um, June? Yeah, that could be late, late Stanley Cup, I think. Or is that over by then? Uh, I had to check the schedule. Don't know. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's true. It really is an unbalanced schedule. Some of these teams actually don't go to some play, some some teams this year. So, I mean, again, I thought it would be a little bit more balanced. But as both of you said, maybe there were some circumstances that were beyond their control and really make it. Guys, it goes back to that Columbus factor. I, yeah. I, it makes me wonder if the schedule would have been different if if there had been a team number seven or team six A versus team six B. Right. So, I mean, they the other thing to sort of they're not doing anything weird this year. They're not trying anything, which maybe is fine. There's no Monday night game. You know, no. there's not. I mean, the Thursday night game is the exception, like we said, but. Uh, I don't know. It, it almost looks like your standard broadcast-ready schedule, even though, as I'm sure we'll talk about, there's not a broadcast anything in line yet. It, it yeah. looks like it's meant for your very typical setup. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, also, I happen to reach out to the league today because a lot of people happen to notice that, uh, yeah, there are no uh, start times for any of these games. And uh, what I was told is that... Um, Basically, all the times have not been finalized yet. So that's once they do, then there will be an update. And when there is an update, you, I'm sure you could find all the information on, on our social media or head over to arenafound.com and check out the schedules page. I, we I can know. close that X file. Yeah, I want to know. I want to know, damn it. What times they I, I, I would be surprised. Albany games have to be at 730. That's been a yeah. staple. That's been a staple even when, even when they were the Firebirds. 
Um, it was also mentioned, as you just brought up, Ben, is that in 20, uh, 2019, CBS Sports Network uh, will not be a broadcast partner. And it's something Rest that, in peace. Something that we knew that was kind of coming. Uh, the way that everybody was talking and, and you know, post, uh, post the Arena Bowl and stuff like that. Um, but we were told in another interview that the commissioner had that it looks like it will be a um, – Wow, it will be a a a stream fest, uh, whether it be on on Facebook Live, I'm oh, sorry, Facebook Watch, AFL uh, Now, or uh, over on Monumental Sports. Um, the games. So will... you're saying we should all get together and have a stream fest? Stop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it looks like this OTT thing is going to come about. Now, the one interesting comment that the commissioner made is that there may be some. And this is the question. This is the the term that everybody is wondering. Like, what the hell did he mean by this? Uh, there will possibly be a quote unquote linear unquote broadcast schedule for with a normal broadcast partner. I got a sneaking suspicion that that anything like that they will be on local TV, like it was with uh, NBC Sports Washington uh, or, or or Philadelphia or whatever the local ones would be in Columbus. Um, I mean, but Ben, as you said, the, the way that the schedule reads out, it's perfect to have some games on national TV, even though we don't have one. But um, what's your thought? I was, I was trying to go back, guys, and to remember the last time that the league technically did not have a national broadcast partner. And I'm yeah, not, I, I can't think I, of I it. know. I'm trying to think. I mean, it's we had now when we say national broadcast partner, guys, would you say that there has to be one on every single week? Yeah, I think that's sort of the indication or the implication with that because uh, the AFL has had situations where the Arena Bowl was aired on a major network and every other game was not. Um, so I, I think that's sort of the concept there. I don't think the one-offs technically count. Although, look at what the AAF's doing. It's actually kind of similar. The first two games were on CBS. I'm the actual... I, I'm envious of what the AAF is doing. I know, I know. NFL Network, that's like, you know, we used to be there. Turner? Yeah, Turner. I'm just sort of, you know... Yeah, they're, do, they're doing it right. to be on TNT. Yeah, I mean, the AFL used to be very similar to what the AAF schedule is. It used to be like this. Um, but the thing that the AAF is doing... And I'm very nervous always that the AFL is going to get this wrong, which is the AAF understands you just we just need people to see these games. Yeah, yeah. That's what's the most important thing. We're streaming them online. No matter what game is there, you don't need to sign up for CBS All Access. It's going to be streaming online for free. So they get that they're not going to try to create a platform that's going to leverage and blackmail people into paying X amount of money per month just to see these games for a product they don't really know very well. And to be honest, even after 31 years, the AFL is still a product that the country doesn't know very well. And I am always nervous that AFL Now, which they almost went full in on last year and they ended up backing out of, um, could just lock people out of games unless they pay a monthly fee, which I don't know, 20 people will do. So um, sorry, that was so negative. I, but, well, no, but, but no, but the things is true. Though. Yeah, you just yeah. be honest. It's true. Yeah, but yeah, that's my that's my concern, and hopefully they do give away this the product the way the AAF is doing, which we just want you to see it. We'll advertise. That's how we make money on broadcasts. But you can have the games. Now, what I'm curious though, and I, I'm not to, maybe you, both of you can answer this question for me. 
we do know that they stream every single game. The AAF. Yeah. Yeah, every game was available online. See, on yeah, their on their website with no login, you just click Guys, on it, and it's right there. That's even more mind-blowing because if you remember the history with the Arena Football League on, on any of these networks, don't you remember? NFL Network would not stream online. Yeah. CBS, and it was, the, it was the CBS broadcast. Yes, yes, exactly. Right. That's the thing, CBS. It was a rule that they couldn't have another game on at the same time. They weren't able to stream, blah, 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 and, but they're doing it with the AAF. I just I, I don't I don't get it. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty incredible. Um, I don't know what contract they signed, but they figured it out. They did. Um, they've been able to to do exactly what the AFL should have been doing, and whatever contract the AFL had signed with CBS Sports was like, here's our game. Take it once it's not live anymore. Throw it in the garbage because no one's ever seeing this again. <laughs> it's not going to be on YouTube. It's not. There's no highlights. Yeah, show it on re- Yeah, it's on replay once uh, late at night, and then right. then it's done with. It's true. So you see the AAF's rollout. Another thing that we really don't talk about very much but is pretty crucial is highlights. I mean, the AFL yeah. did a little bit of a better job last year of providing some highlights, maybe for one of the games every week. But the AAF has able has been able to leverage YouTubers, YouTube, and social media to literally just get the games out there so that you can see what happened. You can see YouTube highlights that are official cut together highlights. They let YouTubers just take the video footage and make their own compilations of it and analysis, whatever, you know, I was surprised and I think it's a huge success for the AAF and something the AFL should aspire to, which is just to let everyone, you know, take your product, play with it, show it, just get it out there to everyone's followers. And uh, maybe you'll get more eyes on on it overall yeah now, actually speaking of followers right now the amount of feedback i'm receiving online that i posted we're recording this episode from players is unbelievable everyone really? is, everyone's excited we're recording this right oh, now. Nice. damn nice. so shout out to everybody in the afl world yes uh now there are many things that uh, hopefully that they that they will look at and what you know, let, let, let me let's this is it's more i mean it's more than broadcasting i get that but it's 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 getting eyeballs on the product I know the league is trying to, you know, get put sports betting into it and, and, and whatnot, but it seems like the AAF has been able to do it properly. I mean, uh, just one last thing, and no, it's not an AAF fest, but d- did you guys see the app, their real-time app? Yeah. That's crazy. It's really interesting. It, having these chips or whatever it is, these, these uh, what is it, the RFID tags or these GPS tags or whatever built yeah, into the shoulder, it's, shoulder pads, it's yeah. crazy. And, and, and you're playing like the old QB1 uh, trivia game they used to play at the bars when, uh, if anybody remembers that, uh, way back when, where you get to choose the plays and gain points, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. Right. I think that, that was absolutely pretty cool. You um, almost wonder if the AFL is envious of that technology and maybe wants to get in on that if they do want to allow sports betting for like every minuscule thing. But I'm wondering if, if, if it does come to the fact that DraftKings does start streaming – Mm-hmm. And if they take a, a start beca- a, getting a, a larger role in the league, we may start seeing some of this type of stuff. Yeah. But it's just a matter of we, when, Yeah, we very well could. When DraftKings, maybe DraftKings is something that will, will be announced. I don't know. Now, broadcasts themselves. John, uh, first, what's your thought on not having a national broadcaster? By the way, I, I think the, remember, through, 28, through 2010, we, all the way through, we had a national broadcaster. We had NBC before that. I think we go back to the prime days. Oh, my God. Is that possible? Yeah. Because we had TNN before that. I think it goes back to the prime days. That's almost as so, 
So sorry, John. Go ahead. Yeah, no, it's okay. I mean, it, it it's it's going to be almost uh, a year of testing the waters because, in my opinion, the league is sort of limiting themselves for outreach to people that are browsing through channels that might be going by CBS Sports Network mm-hmm. or looking through the program guide. Now it's just going to be limited to current fans or people that watch like their local TV sports networks on a regular basis or you know it it is advertised on Facebook watch a little bit and Monumental does put their stuff out there to everyone that is a fan of all of their teams um but I think it's I think it's limiting and like I said I think it's definitely going to be testing the waters to see how well things work and if DraftKings does come through and does stream games, that's going to be huge because their outreach for marketing is in the tens of millions of oh, yeah. consumers. Now, with broadcasting, you need to have broadcast teams. This is something that I've been very vocal about. Uh, I think all of us, by the way, when we we're talking at Arena, but we talked about this too. I understand the route, the way, the the way that the AFL is going with this online streaming OTT type of stuff, but. What I think, the, and I'm hoping that the league listens to it and, be, and is serious, and I'm hoping that they, they take it seriously, is that you need to make sure that you have competent, known broadcasters who know what they're talking about when it comes to the league. MSN got better. The Valor broadcasts got better. I'm going to give them props on that one. But I think it would be a huge disservice for returning fans in Columbus, new fans in Atlantic City, and the rest of the Arena Football League fans to not have somebody like said Bonner and Ari Wolf to be a part of these broadcasts, no matter what type of platform that they're broadcast on. Because there's three games a week. You can't, you can't do, and we saw it, and I think that's one of the things that irks me so much, guys, is that you, we saw how, and I'm sorry, how poor and how Bush League these games looked when they were being done from the studio. They looked horrible. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, and please, John Adams, Commissioner Bo, uh, Zach Leonsis, Ted, please keep in mind that you need to have Ari and Sed on these broadcasts at least once a week. These are guys who know the game, have been a part of the game, can explain the game, and be able to broadcast the game so that we enjoy it. Not only us, old school fans, but the new fans also. I mean... I'm not trying to be on a soapbox, guys. I know you you liked my 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 rant itself or my my speech, it's my mini speech on on social media. But it's important to be able to have guys who know what they're talking about, right, John? I'm with you. Uh, it's probably one of the most important things about the broadcast, and we were kind of commenting on one of the AAF broadcasts in relation to this same topic. <laughs> oh God, so, yeah. God, yes. so, it, so I, I don't want, I don't want <clears throat> 10 hundred, I don't want a million arena football fans. You know, I don't want people commenting about how awful the broadcast quality was because the commentator and the, the color guy, like that they were bad, you know, that makes you not want to watch the game. That makes me want to, you know, sync up my radio with the radio call and put my game on mute, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, we were – there were several problems with the AAF broadcast this week, which really – it makes it all the all the more hard to see CBS Sports go, knowing they're just putting their best foot out there for a new league. But um, I, I, I think that on the positive side, not to compare everything to the AAF, but it is a valid 
thing to look at when you see those those games and they have these premier essentially NFL broadcast teams on the games they feel more legitimate there's a, it's a bigger stage having these experienced guys on there especially for a sport where you're trying to learn what's going on um, it's so essential that the people speaking on it are the foremost experts on that and are entertaining and can really pull you in and overall in terms of the broadcast outlook I think that the league, it's it's okay what they're doing. I, I was always a proponent of you don't need the national broadcast contract, but I do worry about the quality of the streaming, streaming of the games because just those small hilarious technical difficulties on the AAF games made the product look cheaper. Yeah, it it cheapened what was going on here, which was that so many people put so many hours and so much money into creating this product, and then. Audio's cutting out, videos freezing. It just looks, and you're just immediately like, okay, well, this is stupid. Yeah. So, if the AFL is going to go all in on streaming, they also have to go all in on streaming production, video production, um, and, and really producing a good show. And I, I worry that you know a stadium feed and some guys talking from a studio might be an acceptable thing yeah. to some people, and it's certainly not for for mass audiences. You got you got to get you, you know. You got. You have to have somebody like said and Ari. You have. Yeah. To. Uh, and please, it's. Uh, I know we can't. We're not the ones to make the decisions. But I, I think that uh, again, it would be a disservice to the fans of the league not having them be one of your broadcast teams for whomever it may be, whomever it may be. So, um, I just want to remind everybody before we uh, finish up the show that uh, we are on social media. We're on multiple places where you can see and. And here, and enjoy all the stuff that we talk about when it comes to the Arena Football League. Um, you can head over to our uh, Facebook account. That's uh, facebook.com slash arenafan. You can head over to our Twitter, Instagram, uh, SoundCloud. Uh, that's all at sla- whatever it is, slash arenafan. Um, and also, actually, uh, Instagram is arenafanonline. I'm sorry. Um, but also, if you want to hear all the past shows going way back into the archive. Multiple places you can do that. One being SoundCloud, where you'll see the last three shows that we do broadcast. But if you want to see and listen to the uh, to the archives, you can go over to Google Play Music, iTunes, and first time ever, we are on Spotify. So head over to Spotify, download, listen. Let us know what you think, because we do this show for you. Talk about the Arena Football League, something that, we, that we'd love to do. Um, let's see what's, uh, rule changes. Okay. Ben to take the reins on this one. What I want to know what you, th- what you think first. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm slightly fired up. I'm trying to and cool explain down. by the way, explain, explain to the fans how the, the, the change that the league announced, uh, today, what what they actually were. Okay. So the league is, is desperately trying to speed up the game. <laughs> I think that, um, as, as, uh, football, Fans have apparently grown to absolutely hate commercials, so the AFL is trying to reduce commercial breaks. What they've done uh, to accomplish this is to change the one-minute timing rules. Uh, They're going to eliminate the automatic clock stoppages. And so that whole concept of the one-minute warning, all of that stuff is gone. The first half of most games is probably just going to putter out. Um, There's not going to be a lot of... um, you know, onside kicks back and forth, right. you know, final seconds like it used to be. Um, and a change that I actually really do like is that 
there will be a play clock after the extra point or and or two point conversion. So teams are gonna have to get back out there. I think that's a good change. I do too. That yeah. everyone should adopt. Um, and that might be where the good changes end. <laughs> um, the new timeout rules. Um, everyone still has three, um, but the thing I don't, total, I don't totally half. get. Per half, yep. Two of the three are clock stoppage timeouts only. So this is, I guess, because the AFL is such a condensed game and the coach is right there, the idea is that if you need to pause and get a new play call or clear something up, it's really as easy as you take a timeout, run over to the coach, the play clock is restarting, and you get right back in. So it's it's basically to avoid delay of game penalties, which I don't really know what this is fixing it's like a other shot, than like a shot clock at the NBA. Yeah, basically. I mean, it's, it's, it's basically cutting 30 seconds out of timeouts. Yeah. So I'm not really sure why that is, but that's essentially, and then a third team timeout is, is just a traditional timeout. And that's going to be very confusing. <laughs> um, not sure. I guess the refs will just keep track of that. I don't know. Yeah. When do they designate that timeout call? Yeah. You'd be like, I want an actual timeout. I want a traditional timeout. I want a double T. What are they going to do? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, actually, I, I just saw one thing, Ben, I think you forgot to mention, is that in the fourth quarter, it says the traditional AFL clock stoppage rules will not take effect until the 30-second mark. Yeah. So, again, they're removed. It's just, it blows my mind. They've, yeah, they've that, even made the one-minute timing was that they, that they yeah. totally ripped out last year. They basically took out a paragraph and said, into the, into the shredder you go. Right. Uh, they've even made it less. I mean, it's it's like they took the fans' feedback and said, "All right, well, these guys these guys don't know what they're talking about. Let's make it worse." Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know exactly what the the mindset is. It's not like the last minute of games are drag on. No. I mean, I get that they kind of used to the previous one minute rule where clock wasn't stopping if you didn't make forward progress. Did drag out the end of games quite a bit, but there was also the most exciting one minute you could possibly have the, the idea that anyone can still win this thing is now completely gone from the AFL, which, which I mean, you know, there's, there's things that could happen. There's timeouts that could be called like any other traditional football game. But the idea that anyone could win at any second because of how small the field is, how fast the scoring is, the one minute rules that is basically completely gone from the game, which I, I just think is a huge negative. I don't know what else uh, other way to look at it. It's not like we want to accelerate, games to be under an hour i mean i don't know what we're doing here ha- hashtag strategy hello yeah um oh i got a little side note tim yeah. earlier you said that there was another team not going somewhere i figured that out uh it does not look like washington will be traveling to atlantic city during the regular season yeah that was like a riddle yeah that yeah well i had to look through all that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um you know i I'm not really. Most of the changes are okay. I mean, they basically ripped ripped it out <laughs> last year, and I really don't think the one minute taking away the one minute timing rules in the uh, at the end of the first half really is going to make that much a big of a difference. In all honesty, um, because you know it really made using the timeouts. If you notice this, the timeouts were used near the end of the half only. They would just take the extra five yards on on a delay. If that was the case, the coaches right. were able to, they were able to adjust. And if you noticed, you know, even though we, we really wanted to have the one minute timing rules back in the second half, they were using the timeouts wisely in which it, it really did make it as if the one minute timing rules still did exist. 
And I, I really think that with the group of guys that we have as head coaches, that's going to continue to happen. You know, the, these days, if, you know, maybe these days of having a game that goes almost three hours won't be the case anymore. But I, I really think that they will adjust. And still, the end of the games will still be exciting. It's just a matter of how long will it take them to modify these games and to adjust to the rules. I mean, what, what's, what's your thought, John? I mean, is it, I mean, we all saw what they did last year when they ripped out the one-minute timing rules. They adjusted. But seeing what they've done now, I mean, do you agree with what Ben is saying? It's definitely going to make the game different. How scoring down? Maybe I had somebody maybe. Reach, out to, reach out to me today saying scoring is going to go down. I, I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised because w- the teams aren't going to have as much time to think things out, and yeah. people can just knee the ball now more easily than they that. ever could I before. So which hate that. yeah, God, that just sucks. I mean, that was such a fun concept. That you weren't going to be allowed to do that. That's the thing is, hey, if a game is close, then we know we're going to have a good, a good yeah, last exactly. minute. You know, it's I, I'm going to. What's the ref going to do now? You know, blow the blow the blow the whistle at thirty seconds. Thirty second timing rules are now in effect. Yeah, exactly. Now it makes me laugh. I I reached out. I reached out to uh, a couple of AFL veterans. I spoke to a couple of, of coaches about the rules that came that that the league was changing, and. The consensus I got was is that there could have been something else that 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 the league could have done in order to make you know in order to reduce the time so you don't have to take away the one minute timing room where it would still end up in there you know wherever they wanted it you know uh, one coach suggested to me that well why don't you reduce the clock the play clock by ten seconds if you reduce the clock by play clock by ten seconds and you have x amount of plays you may make up for it right there. So instead of a, because I didn't even know what, what was it, it ended up being last year. It was a 40, then it went to 35. Reduced it to 25. The play clock of 25 seconds. I think, they, didn't the AAF do that? Didn't they go down to 25? I think so. So it, I think it was. So something like that. Look at everything beside before you decide to screw with what is the AFL. Right. And we still don't know. Do you think an additional rule is coming on onside kicks? I hope not. That's one of the most, you know, then it would take, it, it would take away some of the best plays that we have seen over the past couple of years, actually in the history of the, of the league, really. Yeah. You know, so I, I hope not. I really, really hope not. Um, you know, when it comes to, I think it's just common sense. You know, if you have an average of 120 plays a game and take away 10 seconds right there, that way we get to keep our unique style of play. Good way to put it. And this is this is what then this is how I feel, and I, I've said this I said this to to uh, to my AFL contacts, and this is what I said to to some other people too. Is that you know, you know it's sometimes they're they're thinking that sometimes that the league just needs to listen to the fans, the coaches, the veterans, etc. You know, if you if you if you change the game too much, then guys, that really we're, we're just going to become an indoor football league with nets. We're not going to be the arena football league. You change it too much. Yeah. So frustrating. How do we uplift ourselves from this valley we're in emotionally? It's such a somber. I'm note. grabbing <laughs> tissues, Tim, one after one, dabbing my moist eyes. Oh God! <laughs> I mean, I'm devastated. Hopefully, there will be some positives. Um, one of the few positives that we have come up with, and we're not going to start this till next week. Uh, maybe next or maybe the regular season when we're going to start it. But we just want to at least put the idea out there. If you've been following the Arena Football League as much as you uh, we have and, and have been around as long as we have, you know that there are those certain people within the league 
that are super fans. And sometimes these super fans, the only time that they've seen these games specifically is on TV. Well, what we're going to try and do this year is if anybody remembers, if you if you frequent the arena fan boards, you'll know who Giancarlo is. Uh, Giancarlo has been a super fan. Ben, you and I have been known Giancarlo for years. Yep. And he is a super fan that lives in Italy, and he is a super fan that has never seen an arena football league game in person. So what we're going to try and do through help of you, the fans, and I said, well, I'll let you guys know when this is available. Well, we are going to be setting up a, a GoFundMe for Giancarlo, and we are going to try to get him sta- get him stateside this year to see Arena Bowl 32. What better way to, to be at your very first Arena Football League game than to go to the championship? So It would be the feel-good story of the year. I think so. If we can get some people involved in this, maybe some of the higher-ups at Monumental. Yeah. So uh, once I do get that launched, I will make sure I put it on social media. The amount that we're asking for that we're going to try and raise is a very small amount. And as I'll put in the thing, if, if we do not reach our goal, um, most likely the, all the money will go back to the people who, who, uh, who donated. Um, if you have any questions in particular about this, this GoFundMe, please contact me at tim.capper at arenafen.com uh, with your comments, suggestions, concerns. But I think this is one thing that we want to do. We want to get Giancarlo here so he can meet the fans that he's been talking to all these years on the boards and on social media and get him to see, the, see his very first Arena Football League game. Molto bene. Yeah. So, but uh, we got a long ways to go, guys. It's, you know, it, it's, uh, it's only mid-February and the season doesn't start for a little while, but we do have some, I think we have our, uh, in March... Early March, we're going to have our uh, free agency is going to open. In April, it's going to be camp. So we've got a lot to look forward to. And, and again, with only having you know, one-year contracts, as outlined in the CBA, there's going to be a lot of movement, I'm sure, with, with players. So it should be something fun to look forward to. Yeah, I'm excited to watch that. Last year, uh, Tim, if you remember, I was all over like free agency and signings. Yeah, yeah it's, it's exciting. So, I mean... There'll be new players. You know, some players have gone ahead and gone over to some of the other leagues. Some have gone to the you know, CFL. Some have gone to the AAF. So they may not be back. But as we've noticed, for 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 every you know for every Joe Schmo um, that that plays, you're gonna you know you're gonna get one of your uh, uh, you're gonna get your Malachi Jones. How about for every Joe Schmo, there's a Joe Hills or that? Think think about that. Joe Hills coming back. He's on pace. To get 100 straight games with a touchdown reception. That's one thing we have to look forward to this season also. Yep. So we got to find two more QBs. Where are we going to find these guys? That's a good point, too. I have a feeling. I, I have a feeling Coach James has a couple of, uh, has something up his sleeve. Okay. I like yeah. it. I like his sleeves. Yeah. And I must know what's underneath them. Just curious to know what it's going to be, whoever the head coach is in, uh, in Columbus, what it's going to be like. Won't be yeah. Matt Nagy. <laughs> I think hey, he has some time. Get him though. Get him to come for the very first game. Oh, that would rock. Don't tease me, Tim. That would rock. Now, mind you, it is Ohio. It is right. not Bear Country. You know, it is Browns and Bengals Country. Buckeye, Buckeye. But still, lot to look forward to, guys. I'm glad you guys. Yep. Are ba- I'm, glad, I'm glad you guys are back again. I'm glad to be back. Same here. We're brothers. glad you're here too. Yeah. So. Uh, just a reminder again, any comments or concerns about anything about the, uh, about the podcast, um, 
uh, let us know. Email me on behalf of all the guys at tim.capper at arenafan.com. Make sure you check out all of our social media outlets because we will keep you up to date as best as possible on all the news from across the league. And give us some ideas on who you want to see this year. We're going to try to get some some more interviews this year uh, on the show to uh, uh, to promote the game that we love watching so much. So, so guys, uh, I will see you next show. We will get that scheduled. We uh, will let you guys know when the next date is that we will have the next show. Uh, we'll be most likely in the in the right before the beginning of the regular season, but maybe another one in the off season. Uh, so, uh, but for everybody here at AFL tonight, for John, for Ben, I'm Tim Capper. Watch the rebound off the net. <laughs> <laughs>